0: In conversation next with uh, Nolusindiso Lleko, who is a teacher, South African kindergarten teacher uh, who was teaching English in China, um, has now left the country after allegedly being assaulted by her human resources manager at a kindergarten school in Shanghai in China, where she worked. Lleko now joins us uh, to share her painful story. so good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us.
1: Um, good afternoon.
0: Are, are you still in Germany?
1: I will not be disclosing my location.
0: Oh, you can't disclose your location for now?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable doing that at the moment.
0: Okay. Um, tell us about this incident that has taken place and um, why, from your end at least, since that incident took place, did it take you so long to lodge a complaint and to get assistance from outside of China?
1: Um. It took me so long because initially when it happened, I was still in China and I was being threatened that if I talk, they are going to sue me, send me to jail. And while I knew that they, wouldn't, they, had no, no, they couldn't sue me, but I knew that they knew where I lived. And I was worried that they would make up something to send me to jail. And so I decided not to talk until I left. And then once I've left China, I just was able to breathe like psychologically, I just wasn't in a space where I wanted to talk about this or even think about it. And so I went on for a while without wanting to even go back to that. And then last week I was sitting alone doing a video about leadership. And then I was reminded that a lot has happened to me and that triggered me to post that video. And I posted that video the way that it was because I took the video the day after the incident took place. And I did not want to watch it again. I did not want to edit it because I knew that I would talk myself out of posting it. And so I just posted it as a, as, well as it was because I felt like I was uncomfortable keeping quiet about what had happened to me.
0: Yeah, And in that video, you speak about how the HR manager actually punched you in the face.
1: Yes, he did.
0: Hmm. Was this the first time that something like this was happening to you or anyone else?
1: Um... I know that a lot of teachers, uh, I lived in Korea for five and a half years and I lived in China for a year, and I know a lot of teachers go through a lot. Um, I think one of the reasons why I spoke up about that was because of um, there was a South African girl whose name is Andani. She was in Korea for about three months and she had a mental breakdown that people had to raise funds for her to be sent back home. She had a mental breakdown of her because of how she was treated in her job. I had never been physically uh, assaulted before. Uh, It's just been like a lot of verbal abuse. In Korea, I worked into a job where a lot of that happened, but I always took in and I never talked about it. Um, But it was the first time that somebody got physical with me in China. So that's why I felt like I needed to talk about it.
0: And also threatening that if you report the matter, that they'll make sure that you get blacklisted.
1: Yes, I have a voice recording of the vice principal saying that to me, that if you talk, you will go to jail, uh, we will sue you and we will put you on a blacklist of, of teachers in China and you'll never find a job in China. I didn't care about that because I had already made up my mind that I was going to leave China, but I was worried that they will find something else that will put me in trouble. Chinese law because they kept on telling me about how powerful they are which I honestly do believe that they are connected because I've seen them do a lot of illegal stuff and get away with it and so that's why I didn't want to talk about it for a while.
0: So when when Delco then intervened at what stage did they intervene and when you went to um, our embassy in 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 China what sort of service did you get?
1: There was no intervention from DECO. I literally got a call last week from them, which obviously was a month late, about six weeks late. Uh, when I was in China, I got punched and the first number that I dialed on my phone was a number to um the South African consulate in Shanghai. I couldn't get hold of anybody. I tried different numbers. I called Beijing, I couldn't get hold of anybody. And then eventually, as I mentioned in the video, I just felt like, you know, nothing was going to happen. So I settled that day because the cops were basically pushing me to settle. And then the following day, I still called the consulate in Shanghai. I called, couldn't get in hold of anyone. I called Beijing, the South African embassy in Beijing. And the person who answered told me that it was not within their jurisdiction to handle my matter because I'm in Shanghai and that I needed to call Shanghai called Shanghai again, got hold of somebody who is Chinese. And this person told me that the person responsible for South Africans would be there in the afternoon and that she would give this person my number to call me back. I had to go to a hospital. Um, I went to a hospital, got a call from the consulate in Shanghai. And I told this person, I was like, I'm in a hospital right now, please call me back in a few minutes. And then she was like, yes, I'm going to call you back. And she never did. And by that time, I just wanted to leave and I felt like they were useless to me. Honestly, that's how I felt. And I never called them again. I never made any other attempts to get in contact with them again because I already felt like they failed Mm. me. So the first time that I spoke to them was last week. That's the first time that people were calling me to ask, where are you? Are you okay? What can we do to help?
0: So you say that the police or the cops asked you to settle.
1: Yes. What what do you mean by that? So, um, the okay. So basically, I, call, uh, I got this Chinese lady that I found on the streets to call the cops for me. Mm. She called the cops for me. We went back to the kindergarten. When we got to the kindergarten, they also had called cops. So, there were also a lot, another set of cops that were there. And basically, they were telling me, all right, and he already told the cops that were there that I, I hit myself on the couch, and that's what happened to my face. So I then walked out of the office and I was pointing at the cameras in the passages and I'm like, OK, then show them the CCTV footage of the passage of like that's where I was running away. Um, the cops went to a different room, came out and then they basically said, OK, let's go to the police station on the way to the police station. um, They basically were like, OK, so um, how much money do you need? I got to the and I was like, OK, confused by this. We got to the police station. I think I spent like an hour just sitting there by myself and not knowing what's going on. And by the time they got to me, they just put me in a room and just asked me how much money I need. And I told them, I was like, okay, I wanna go to a doctor. I wanna speak to my embassy. And they were like, the doctor's not going to prove anything. Um, The doctor's not going to be able to prove that you were punched. Your is not going to be able to do anything. Your visa is expiring next week, and if you open a case, you need to be in China. I was basically I was told them telling them that I will assign my privileges to someone else to handle the matter in my behalf. They're like, no, you need to be in China um, when you're handling the case. So, and if you go to court, um, you might like lose the case anyways because you don't have proof. And they basically were telling me that just take the money in in essence.
0: Okay. So that's so, what they meant yeah. by settle.
1: Yeah. That's what they meant by settle. You, just take money.
0: Yeah. Did they give you a figure?
1: Uh, yes. Initially they, they wanted to give me like 5,000 RMBs. I think that's like maybe about 10,000 rents ish. And I was, and I basically told them that I wasn't going to take that because, this or because of the impact this would have in my life and then the vice principal came to me with a different figure and that was 10,000 RMBs and I was like okay so why are you trying to pay Uh, so I was like why are you trying to pay me if you didn't if the guy didn't hit me and she was saying that she's paying me because I got injured in the school and she feels responsible because I got injured in the school so they ended up paying me the 10,000 RMBs that was
0: the figure that they paid me. Yeah. And then from your experience then um, with the, our Department of International Relations officials, um, beca- be- because um, we, we live in a world where people, professionals are, are being attracted by other companies and being poached about, uh, by other companies outside of South Africa. So there's no, absolutely nothing nothing wrong in that. Um, But however, though, when they come to the other side, there are hurdles that they face once they are on the other side. What do you think needs to happen to tighten up the screws there to ensure that every South African, wherever they find themselves, get a level of service that accords them the dignity that they require? Can you hear me? Hello, Can can you hear me?
1: Hello. Yes, I
0: can hear you now. Okay. Uh, no, yes, I was I was saying, Nolisindi, um, so what sort of service or where do you think the Department of International Relations and its officials should tighten up the screws because... Um, we live in a world now where a company can poach you right a company outside of 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 south africa and once those citizens find themselves outside of south africa to ensure that they still give they still get the level of um, of service that accords them the dignity that is enshrined in the constitution in the south african constitution that is
1: i mean i just based on my experience i just feel like some of them just don't take their jobs really seriously in a sense like i was just speaking to someone who works for government and this person was basically telling me that a lot of them just treat their jobs internationally as uh like a vacation of some sort so they could make themselves more available they could make educate south africans on their rights in in foreign countries and we should be able to feel comfortable that in case something happens to me, then I have people to rely on. I can be able to contact my embassy. So they should be able to make sure that they push campaigns to make sure that they are available, have emergency numbers that are actually answered so that we don't feel like helpless in foreign countries.
0: Yeah, no, perfect. Thank you so much for that. A final one is you spoke about another um, colleague of yours who experienced something similar, but I think you spoke about Korea um is 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 this common um in asia
1: it's it is very common it is very common i think since i posted that video i've had various people reach out to me saying hey i've experienced emotional abuse i've experienced physical abuse a similar thing happened to me i just think that a lot of people I think we just get to a point where we are so desensitized towards these things. Because I, even I, when I got punched the following day, I was okay. And I was like, you shouldn't be okay, though. Like, you you should not be okay. I think we just get to a point where we take so much, especially those of us who um, come from families that don't have much, and you just know that you can't just quit your job um, to do something else. So you persevere, you try to endure like one of the advice that i got from people in china was like keep your head down try not to start anything and try not to argue with anybody it's so common it's just that a lot of people just keep quiet about these things and they don't want to talk about them but it's extremely common
0: would you say it's it's general inhumane treatment or is it racism
1: I think it's a bit of a I think in my job um, initially when, because it had been going on for a while with the treatment of me was just so different. But initially I was like, I didn't see it as racism. I saw it as because I had decided not to renew my contract with them. And so they started treating me differently. That's how I perceived it initially. But then there was a moment in which another uh, colleague of mine uh, we're talking about a certain topic with our vi- our manager. And she responded way differently to me than she did to her. And she happens to be a white uh, Ukrainian. She, did, she responded way differently. And I was so confused because with me, she was very passive aggressive. Whereas with her, she seemed to be like a little bit more uh, subtle, understanding, nodding. And then that's when I was like, you know what? This is not just a matter of me not renewing a contract. It's also because these people just don't care about me. And they, it may be because I'm just like a black little woman that they don't care about.
0: Yeah. I know that you've said that you don't want to disclose um, your location currently, um, but would you be returning to South Africa anytime soon?
1: Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, I will be in South Africa next month.
0: Okay, thank you so much for your time and stay safe. Nolusindu Sohleakwade who is a teacher um, who is um, currently in a different country where um, she says she, wants, she doesn't want to disclose which country that is um, and the South African Department of International Relations um, trying to assist her as well.